Welcome back into another episode of Rounding Third Podcast. I'm Nick. We have Harrison tonight. How are we doing, bud? Good. How are we doing, Nick? You're getting all those fumbles out early. Here we yeah. go. <laughs> it's been a it was a long week with all that news, right? I mean, so much news. I mean, a lot of like little stuff, but uh, we'll get into it. Uh, but first, to make sure you follow and like us on Facebook, you can also subscribe on YouTube. You can also listen on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us everywhere. Everywhere. All right. So leading off, uh, we'll just start with Otani and all of the news there. Um, We got some teams out. We've got some new teams possibly in. So in a nutshell, no one knows what the hell is going on still. (laughs) So the teams rumored out are the Red Sox, Rangers, and Mets. I mean, kind of figured the Mets would be out. He doesn't want to go to a non-contender. Um, but the Red Sox came out and said that they want to spend their money on two or three players versus just dropping it all on one. Now, before we get into the teams that are in the running, I want to touch on that. What are your feelings about spending $50 million on a Shohei Otani that's coming off his second Tommy John is just going to DH for this first year and possibly hamstrings your, your payroll for future moves. Yeah. And, and I've, I've said this for a while now. I, I believe Shohei Otani was the MVP this year, but he was the MVP because he pitched also. If he was strictly a DH, he was not the MVP and he probably was, maybe not even in the top five because the DH position, as we found through free agency is one of the least valuable in the league. Teams don't put a ton of value on a DH because you're a one dimensional player. So the thought of giving a guy 50, 55, $60 million. I mean, there's rumors that the Mets, that the Cubs may make him a $600 million offer. Um, the thought of giving a guy that much to DH is about three times the market value for that position. Probably two X the market value for him in his, in his prime. So if he's not pitching, that's an insane amount of money to spend. But more importantly, when you look at the, so look at the Angels last year. The Angels were at the luxury tax threshold of $233 million. They had one of the highest payrolls in baseball and they stunk. Why? Because you had nearly $100 million between Trout, Otani, and Rendon. Rendon aside, you had over $70 bucks, Justin Trout and Otani. It leaves you no money to build a team around them. Baseball is not like football. You know, Patrick Mahomes makes a team that much better. Right. Tom Brady made a team that much better. Shohei Otani only makes a team so much better. You need the other guys. So the thought of one player completely changing your destiny because you signed him is a, is a, is fix, is fictitious in baseball because you have to build a team around him. You need four other starters. You need other hitters. You need guys to field the ball. So one player, Shohei Otani himself alone does not guarantee you success. He's a great piece to build around, but you've got to have money to build around and you can't at that level of payroll. You just can't. Yeah. I made that argument on Facebook with some random I saw, guy. I saw and, it. And he was telling me, well, Patrick Mahomes is a $500 million guy. Yep. Yes, he is. But I can argue that the NFL is very quarterback centric. And there's only yeah. one of them. One. Right. One quarterback. Right. They're, they don't have five starters that go out there and, and, quarterback every fifth game he is in that position every single game he's the guy Shohei Otani's not nope he's on the mound for one out of every five days and yes he DHs and hits 50 home runs a year I get it but it's not the same football is way different than baseball you can't make that comparison comparison I am in the camp that there is no baseball player on this planet that is worth 500 million dollars I love Shohei Otani. I love what he brings to the game. And I get the marketing side of it, right? Is Otani worth $500 million? Yeah, he probably is to the organization because he's putting butts in seats. He's selling memorabilia. He's selling concessions because he's selling out the ballpark every time he's on the mound or in the field. Like, I get that aspect. I get the business side of it. But as a player and a player only, he's not... Five hundred million dollars, and I think that's where we kind of like lose. That is the business side of it. 
Yeah, like, absolutely. It, is he worth 500 to 600 million dollars to some organization? Yeah, because he's going to bring you in more money. Yep. He's going to bring you that value over a certain amount of time. Like I I totally understand well, that part. And the hard part too though to that point though Nick is that a lot of a lot of that revenue he brings in through merchandise and all that stuff gets sucked up in rev share. So right. the the revenue share goes across the league. So the team doesn't even directly benefit from 100% of what Otani brings you. Right. And there's a limited amount of teams that would go over that luxury tax threshold to put a 50 to 50, 50 to $60 million guy on their payroll. Um, I, I personally like that the Red Sox Rangers and Matt said, no, thanks. Like if we're going to spend that money, we're going to spend it on three out of the five top tier players, hopefully, you know, well, that's what they're telling their fans, whether that happens or not is yeah you know beside the point but um, especially with the red sox but that being said there are a lot of teams still rumored in on otani um we got the braves dodgers blue jays cubs and then possibly the sleeper team still which we kind of called early was seattle yeah now seattle's the sleeper team because they're dumping a whole bunch of payroll they traded away suarez they're not re-signing tay oscar hernandez they just traded Jared Kalanick, which I don't think was a big salary dump. Honestly, it was just a trade. Um, but they're making room for possibly an Otani run, or they're just looking at other top free agents. So that being said, I still think the front runner right now is the Dodgers. Yep. Um, just because Mookie's there, Freeman's there. I mean, that top four will be freaking scary as hell. Um, but then also, if he ends up in Atlanta, man, whew, I, I mean, where does Atlanta about, even put him? Like, you don't. <laughs> what, what do you do with him? You, got, you you lose you lose your DH, so you lose Travis Darno or you lose Sean Murphy. Your choice. Yeah, right. I mean, which which isn't the worst thing ever to have put, replace Otani with them, but yeah. But is he is he that big an upgrade over those guys to justify all that money? I, again, I go back to like when you look at what Otani brings you above what those guys bring you is 20 home runs and maybe 20 RBIs worth an extra 40 million bucks for that position. Probably not. No. If, if he's pitching, it's a different story because you're getting two players. Right. You could argue that a, a top a top rotation starter is 25 to 30 million bucks. You'll look at Garrett Cole's contract, look at Sonny Gray's contract. You know, a top tier hitters twenty to you know twenty to thirty million bucks. So you could argue, yeah, to put them together, he's worth fifty to sixty million because he's two players. Right. If he's not both, then he's not worth that. And he better be both, and he better be really damn good at both. If you're going to put put potentially twenty to twenty five percent of your entire payroll into one guy, this is not the NBA, where LeBron James and four scrubs is a five hundred team. Right. This is not the NFL where a stud quarterback and a bunch of scrubs is fighting for a, a division crown. This is not hockey where a, where the best goalie in the league changes the entire season. Right. Because again, Otani is only he only hits 3 times a night and pitches once a week. Like he can only move the needle so much all by himself. And to pay one player that much to me when the Red Sox were out, I said hallelujah. Do yeah. not bring him to Boston. I was never a fan of him coming because that will take that will take this organization and derail it for 7, 8, 9, 10 years. Yep. Because you cannot build around one player making that much money. No, and the Red Sox need starting pitching and starting pitching alone. Their lineup is fine. They're gonna hit. They just can't prevent runs right now. Right. That the starters can't. Bullpen was all right, but you know, he does that. As he comes to your team, he hamstrings any other moves you're gonna make. Unless you have an owner like Cohen that's just gonna say, hell with a luxury tax. I'm just gonna blow over it. That's the only chance that you have of succeeding with Otani. Yeah. I think wherever Otani goes, unless it's the Dodgers or the Braves, if he goes anywhere else, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that team doesn't make the playoffs. Yeah. And, and honestly, my feeling on this, and of course, I don't know Shohei Otani personally, he doesn't return my phone calls anymore, but you, you have to wonder if a player is out there negotiating with all these teams for this kind of money, does he even want to win? Does he care if they win? 
Like I think back to like Tom Brady, Tom Brady took less than the market rate every year for most of his career because he wanted to win to him. Winning was worth taking a 20% pay cut. Yeah. And that's why he's got, you know, more rings than fingers because that's how he operated. If Otani wants every freaking nickel due to him, does he even care if they win? Like, does it, is it important? Is, is he a winner? Does he even care if they win? Because you can't, you, he must know that that leaves only so much to build around these. We've not yet seen a team win a world series with one of those mega contracts. You know, look at what the Mets did with Verlander and Scherzer didn't win. Mm-hmm. The Yankees, the judge didn't win. You could say the Rangers with Seager, but Seager's making 20% less than judge. He's, right. he, he's a $30 million guy, but he's not like breaking the bank. Francisco Lindor at the Mets again, like every one of these teams that signed these mega deals, these huge 30 million plus deals, nobody's won because yeah. you just can't build a team. Baseball might be the most team oriented sport of all because you are individually performing amongst a group. Right. In the NFL, Tom Brady made a lot, made the Patriots better for years. He made the Buccaneers better for a long time. Patrick Mahomes makes the Kansas City Chiefs better. LeBron James makes the Lakers like he, they have a, a measurable impact. Right. In baseball, you can only do so much. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was the running joke all of last year, the year before, the year before that was, you know, Mike Trout and Shohei Otani combined go seven for eight with seven home runs and seven RBIs, and they lose 12 to seven. Right. Because they like, got nobody else. Right. And, and that's, I have a feeling, unless Otani ends up on the Braves or the Dodgers. If he goes, say, Blue Jays, Cubs, or Seattle, which are the other three that are supposedly, quote-unquote, in it, they don't make the playoffs. They might make, they might sneak in the playoffs, mm-hmm. but I, I think they struggle. I think they, you know, they're hamstrung for years to come. Yep, I, I, would, I would argue the same thing. I would say teams looking to sign him are in one of two camps. One, they have so much money it doesn't matter. And they plan on far exceeding the luxury tax with their payroll. Great. You can do that and pay a pay through the nose, you know, five, seven, 10, 12, 20% surcharge. Just great. Do it. You know, the Mets tried it this year. It worked out terrific. It worked out terrific for them. Um, so there, it's one of two camps. You're either signing him knowing full well, you're going to blow your budget for the, for a long time. You're going to be 300 million plus to, to build a winning team or two. You're not signing him for baseball reasons, right? You're signing him because you want the marketing money. Yeah. Great. Then be a 500 team like the Angels have been. Put butts in seats, sell a bunch of jerseys, get a bunch of international headlines, but you'll be irrelevant when it comes to the competitive landscape for a while. Yeah. I I don't know what else to add. I, I mean, you, I there is no baseball justification for giving a guy 50, 55, 60 million bucks in a season. There's zero justification for it. I don't care what stats you want to quote me, what angle you want to play. There's no justification for throwing that much money at a single player. I fully agree wholeheartedly. I I just like, just to bring it back again, I'm glad the Red Sox Rangers and Mets were like, no, like too much. I'll get three players for the price of that. And three players that will help me win more consistently than him giving me that one start on the mound. Not until 2025, you know? So yeah, I'm with you there. So yeah, I'm good. I'll I'll take two or three players for that payroll and be a better team. Yeah, I we'll move on from him. So supposedly there's gonna be news coming out this week. That's the rumor that he could possibly sign this week. We should know yeah, more. What, what so. I'm reading, what I'm reading is a Otani wants to sign in the next seven to ten days. And apparently he either has or is about to have an offer up to 600 million, which is reportedly from the Cubs. It's reportedly the Cubs, but it might be the Dodgers. The Dodgers still consider the fr- everything I read. It's the Dodgers, the front runner runner. It's like you said, but it yeah. sounds like there could be at least one, if not two offers coming his way at 600 million. Yikes. All right. I mean, that, that good luck. You can have them. Yeah. <laughs> like, so Yeah. All right. Well, we'll obviously keep our eyes peeled and ears open for that. And I'm sure everybody in the world will know as soon as he signs. Um, I kind of hope it's another debacle like Aaron Judge was last year. But, you know, that's just me being a, a <laughs> sinner. So, yeah. And, right. and, and apparently, from what I, from an article that came out an hour ago, 
the Giants are still in it, but they're taking the approach of call us last. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're apparently in on Yamamoto too. So they're that's... in on everybody right now. They're in yeah. on absolutely everybody. Yeah. Well, they've lost out on you know two or three. <laughs> they've big lost agents, everybody. So. Yeah. But yeah, so. I, this, they're taking the approach of call us last. Yeah. All right. So I said the Mets were were done with Otani. However, they did make two signings this week. They took Luis Severino from the Yankees. They signed him to a one-year, $13 million deal there. And then they signed Joey Wendell, who spent the year in Miami last year. I mean, obviously not flashy moves. Um, I think Severino is kind of going there to hopefully, you know, jumpstart his career again. Um, I mean, he, when he's on, he's good. He's great. He's got fantastic stuff. And I made a, I made a comment on the, um, on the post from MLB, you know, great. How many starts does he actually make next year? And somebody commented, you know, 26 starts, sub three ERA. I'm like, well, if they do that, that'd be great. But Mm -hmm. show me the last time he did that. I think the best thing for all of those guys is to get out of that injury ridden organization. It just seems like nobody in the Yankees can stay healthy. There's something and, wrong there for sure. And maybe that's what Severino needs is just a change of scenery, a, a better training staff, like strength and conditioning. Like, I don't know what it is. And, you know, in Yankee stadium, I don't pretend like I'm in the clubhouse, but something's going on there with all those injuries that happen year after year after year. So, yeah, it, it's a I mess mean, in general. Yeah. I mean, the Mets are just going to try to turn that mess around somehow. They're going to have some some more like rebuilding years um, after going for broke this year, and they definitely broke. So not crazy signings, but it is what it is. Um, the Reds booster their bullpen a little bit. They signed Emilio Pagan for a two-year, $16 million deal. And then they signed Nick Martinez, who pitched for the Padres last year. Uh, I don't have the details on that, but um, it just gives that Reds pitching staff some more depth. I mean, they have some young starters um, for now, unless they deal. Um, you know, they're still yeah. in the hunt for glass now and all of that stuff. So we might see a couple of those young guys. Yeah. Nick Martinez go, but... is two years, 26 million. Okay. So, yeah. And Nick Martinez is a, um, I think he's a sneaky good signing. He's a guy who can, he can, come out of the bullpen. He can start. He did everything for the Padres. He was hugely valuable in their playoff run yep. uh, two seasons ago. He's a nice piece and, and not super yeah. expensive. Yeah. Um, speaking of super expensive, we got the Brewers sign their prospect. They extend him, Jackson Churio. So I've actually talked about this kid on the podcast before. Um, I saw him down here in single-A Carolina Mudcats, um, and he – is the real deal. Like he's one of those guys that when he steps on the field, you can tell he's better than everybody else on the field. Like he has that aura around him where you can tell that like, yeah, he's got the most talent out of the 18 guys playing right now. Yeah. Well, and for a while there, they compared him to Wander Franco then stopped for obvious reasons, but yeah, he's the super young, super mature, super talented yeah. uh, guy. That's probably going to be their future. And they're signing him really, really early, like the Rays did with Franco, because they're going to pay him now. They're going to rush him to the big leagues as soon as they can once he's ready. But the dude is talented. Yeah, the Rays did that with Longoria, too. They locked That's him right. up long term for not Which a bet, lot. When they did with Longoria back then, that was like the first time anybody had ever done that. They're like, this is crazy. Now teams are doing that more often with these young studs. Yeah, because you're stealing what their value could be worth is pretty much what you're doing. Yeah, you're paying them early so that they're, they're making the same money, but you're able to spread it out versus having to sign that mega contract when they become eligible. Yeah. Yeah. So he signed for eight years, $80 million extension. Um, and he hasn't even seen a big league game yet, but can you um, buy a beer? Uh, possibly. I'm not sure his age, but, um, he's good. We're, we're going to see him. He's going to be up there soon. Yeah. He's the Uh, number two overall prospect in baseball. So yeah. Yep, absolutely. He's 19, so no, he can't buy a beer. No. If he goes to Canada, he could. <laughs> yeah, 5'11", 165. The dude does it all on the field. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be fun to watch him when he gets up. But, yeah, just, you know, another young rookie signing an, an extension when he haven't even sniffed the, the major leagues. Is that a gamble? Sure. It's always a, it's always a gamble. 
but you're also locking them up. You're not having to worry about arbitration if you get them up, you know, in the next year or two. Right. Right. It's all it's all settled. Yeah. So at this point, he's been in your system for a few years. You you have a pretty good idea of what he can and can't do, what his trajectory might be. If you miss on this, then you've got to look at your player development people and be like, what happened? Yeah. You guys know him too well to have whiffed here. I agree. So uh, other news, Gabe Kapler is joining the Marlins front office. So we knew he wasn't going to leave baseball, but he found a front office job in Miami. Um, I don't know if it really moves the needle. I don't know exactly like what front office job he's taking, um, but hopefully that organization's moving in the right direction. Yeah, I heard it was going to be like an assistant GM job. And I, okay. I think... And I think it might be a situation where they're where they're going to kind of like let him get his feet wet and let him grow into the GM role. Because of course, um, Kim Ng left. Right. They were going to hire a president of baseball operations. They may not hire a GM. There's still some discussion about whether they do that or not. He yeah. may be kind of the de facto GM. And if I'm the Marlins, I don't mind having Gabe Kapler kicking around because Skip Schumacher just won Manager of the Year. His contract's up in a year or two he may move on and you've got a manager potentially company already in the office. So, yep. All right. Uh, we'll get to him last. So Joe Kelly, Joe Kelly fight club spends another year in uh, LA. So he resigns with the Dodgers. That dude needs um, some heavy medication. He is a wild man out there. Yeah, Love it. I'm here for it. He is nuts. Um, the Brewers brought back Wade Miley one year, eight and a half million. I mean, does good depth move. Yep, doesn't move the needle much. No, it's like Lance Lynn. You know, there's you, there's a bunch of those guys that are going to make somewhere between eight and twelve million bucks a year. Nick Martinez, who's making thirteen, who are not going to alter the direction of your ball club, but they're going to be great back into the rotation guys who eat innings. Yep, and help you. And and honestly, when you think about some of these championship teams, you need those guys. You need those guys that are going to go out, eat innings, save your bullpen, give you enough to to give you a shot. Yeah, I look at the Rangers with with uh with Gray. Yep. how they used him like that's kind of like the, what wade miley's role will kind of be spot start out of the bullpen all yep. that stuff. you need those flexible guys that can yep. pick up the slack when they, when it's needed yep uh jared kellenick i mentioned it briefly um he's going from the mariners to the braves um death piece for the braves yep. i don't think much of a salary dump for the mariners i mean i'm sure it helps um but he's well, kind of they dumped significant salary because of the guys going with him. Right. Yeah. Because they sent three, I think, and they got back. Yeah, they dumped two. like 20-something million bucks a year between the three players. Most of it yeah. was with the two pitchers that went. I can't – I'm blanking on their names. but And Jared Klenick, this is the second big trade he's been part of. The guy is only 24. Yeah. Like, I feel like that guy's been around for a long time. Yeah. He was in and, the Robinson Cano trade. Like, he was a centerpiece of that. He's only 24. Yeah. He hasn't really lived up to the expectations either. Like he was no, just in glimpses. Yeah. He's, he was supposed to come up and make big uh, immediate impacts and he's had stretches where he's been hot, but hasn't really been consistent. So um, it'll be good for the Braves because with them probably not re-signing Eddie Rosario gives them an out, outfield piece. Um, but yeah, just, Another interesting move from the Mariners to see what and they do. The Braves have already announced that it's likely that Marco Gonzalez at a minimum will not remain with the club. He'll be moved. Yep. And the other pitcher um, or the other first baseman, Evan White, will likely be moved as well. So they wanted, they wanted Kellenic and they're going to dump the other guys. Yep. And then they traded the Braves gave the Mariners, uh, was it uh, Jackson Kowar? And that was the guy that they got from Kansas City in the Kyle Wright trade. So Jackson Kowar was yep. going to go to Atlanta and now Atlanta's like, nope, we'll send him to Seattle. So, yeah. Kowar and Cole Phillips. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Let's get into the other big topic here in Juan Soto trade talks here. Um, this is also an absolute mess. We'll start. <laughs> we'll start with the Yankees. They were talking back and forth pretty heavily. And the Padres wanted like seven players for Juan Soto, and it would have sent Juan Soto and Trent Grisham. Those were the names kind of sent, like thrown around. And then Cashman actually doing, I believe, the smart thing, being like, um, no, 
because we're not sure Soto's going to sign an extension. He's not worth seven players in a deal. No, and Juan Soto has made it very clear, and that's why the Yankees right now, an article that came out about an hour ago, the Yankees are right now stepping back a little bit because Juan Soto insists, I will go to free agency. I am not going to talk contract. I'm not going to resign early. I'm going to go to free agency, um, which is really hurting the Padres' stance because, to your point, how do you get that kind of a haul for a guy who's a one-year rental, potentially? Yeah. And how confident are the Yankees that they'll convince him to stay? If he's telling you right now, I'm not talking contract, I'm not signing, I'm going to be a free agent, you can bid on me like everybody else, do you get a warm and fuzzy the guy's looking to stay there long-term? Not really. Nope. I mean... If I was Juan Soto, I, Yankee Stadium's where I want to go with that short porch. Oh, my goodness. And then his opposite field power would play great there, too. Yeah. And in other ballparks in the AL East. I, I just, I don't know, man. It's it's silly to ask for seven knowing that he's not going to stay. I, I yeah. That's that's silly. But um, possibly the Phillies are in on it. The Mariners could be in on it because of, you know, all of the moves that they're making, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, but, and then the Blue Jays are also in the talks for both Soto and Otani. Um, that'd be wild to land them both. That'd be absolutely insane. I don't know where the Blue Jays money is status wise, like with Bo Bichette, Vlad Guerrero. Um, but that would be a scary four if somehow in some universe those two ended up in Toronto. My <laughs> goodness. Um, yeah, it, it's it it is funny. It's and so um, the Padres are in an interesting position here because apparently um, the Padres are in a cut payroll mode, and I say that because the club recently took out a fifty million dollar loan to fund operations and with the recent passing of the owner, Peter Seidler, um, they don't have access to the funds they used to. Now it's all tied up in his estate. So the Padres, the way it's being described is the Padres basically have to move Soto before the end of the month because they will not have the money to pay these players come January 1st. So the Padres went for broke and made it kind of like the Nationals a couple years ago, who damn near went broke too. The Padres are living on credit because they can't afford what they've done. So this is not, the, for the Padres, this is not like a, we'll trade him if we can get a good package. It's, he has to go. Let's get as much of him before we can, but we're going to have to eventually cave and let him go. And all the rest of the league knows that. They do. And that's why teams are kind of standing back saying, we know you guys are choking over there. We'll just wait. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to get seven players for Juan Soto. Watch, they're going to go out and do it tonight. I, that's just how it goes with me. But somebody, somebody might give it to him. But if you if you knew the Padres are true. choking on payroll, why would you? the The Padres right now they want enormous haul. Apparently, they want Michael King and Clark Schmidt from the Yankees. Michael King ended the 2023 season with a 188 ERA across his final eight starts. The guy has got devastating stuff. So does Clark Schmidt. Schmidt. As I said, and Clark Schmidt's got good stuff, and he's and he's continuing to develop. And then they want other potentially major league ready pieces. But in the meantime, the Padres don't have any money. Their ownership is in trouble because the primary guy passed, and now his estate's all kicking in. Like the Padres are in bad shape. They're in really, really bad shape, and they're going to have to do something. So, if somebody gives them the haul they're asking for, they're crazy because at some point they're going to fire sale them because they're yeah. going to have to. Yep. And he well, may not. And what I'm hearing is he may not be the only guy traded. They may have to unload somebody else too. Yeah, yeah. I, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, who else has got big contracts on there? Bogarts. Bogarts. You got Tatis. Yeah, Bogarts, Tatis. You've got. Um, well, Snell's gone now. Uh, Darvish. Darvish. They signed to what six more years. Yep. I don't know Cronenworth. Cronenworth still might be under arbitration. His was huge. Yeah, his uh, was huge. But yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they just Machado, Machado. Yeah, you know who's gonna? People aren't just gonna willingly take these guys. Like, no. you know, you're gonna, gonna have to call in some favors to yeah. dump that kind of payroll. Yep, and it could be a deal like where the Red Sox got rid of you know David Price and Mookie Betts and that you know like yep. 
And, and we didn't really get a big haul for them. Yeah. You can have Juan Soto, but you got to take Xander Bogarts. Yep. So, uh, but you just got to be careful with that, that they're not eating the money too, because the Padres can't afford to eat the money to get rid of the, get rid of those guys. So the, the Padres are going to have to come off their ask because they're going to need somebody to take all the contract. So they're going to have to give something up. You can't have it both ways. <sighs> and that's why the Yankees players. are apparently backing off going at too rich. You know, you guys come back to us when you, when you're realistic. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that negotiating, like you're selling something and you always sell high and then talk them down. Yeah. But I mean, seven players is a crazy first ask. Well, especially when you're looking for like, you're looking for seven guys that are either MLB ready or top prospects. Yeah. Like, and, and like you said, if it was a sign and trade, if he signs this extension and then you trade for him, it's way different. 100%. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's not it's, that. It's like when the Padres traded for him, that he came with three years of control. Right. He'll give up a lot more for three years of control. He comes to you with one year of control. He's a rental. Yeah. No, there's no way. And he, that was what, four four people in that deal? Four to players, get into yeah. San Diego and three years of control. You're asking for seven and a one year. Yeah. I, silly. Absolutely yeah, the, silly. The, 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 what the Padres have been doing this offseason now makes a lot of sense. They went and got kind of a lower-level manager in Schilt. They're going to move Soto. They're likely going to move somebody else. This is this is not a tear-down, but it is a rebuild because they have to fix the financials. It, yeah. They overshot the runway. Yeah, badly. Yeah, they like you said, they went, they went for everything, and they're going to come out of this with absolutely nothing yeah. left. The it's Nationals did the same bones. thing. Yeah, the Nationals yep. did the same thing. Difference is they won. Right. <laughs> the Padres did the same thing and missed the playoffs. Yeah. Crazy. That hurts. Yeah. So it will be very interesting um, to see what happens there. Um, but like you said, I, I the Padres are going to have to come down before he gets moved. Uh, seven players is absolutely silly. To try to get him moved, bananas. Um, Even and, with and, three years of control, seven players seems bananas. Yeah, absolutely. But apparently, the Blue Jays and Cubs, who have pretty deep farm systems, are heavily in the mix too. So he's going. The, the, I think the moral of the story here is that we're learning the Padres have to trade him. He's going to go somewhere. Question becomes, who's willing to give up enough to get them to pull the trigger? Yeah. So new will probably come out with that soon and that might not even happen until after the otani stuff is done with too maybe teams are just solely focused on getting this otani stuff behind them getting the rest of their free agent signs and then they'll come to come to trades but um well that's who knows if i'm the padres i kind of know going in if the dodgers blue jays cubs you know if any of those guys miss on otani then they might be more willing to give me what I want for Soto because they got to make up the difference. Yeah. So I mean, again, Absolutely. I feel like I feel like the Shohei Otani contract really will dictate the direction of the rest of the offseason. Yeah. Because if you're giving a guy sixty million bucks or fifty million bucks or the number turns out to be, you're you're not signing anybody else this offseason. Most likely, you're done. No. You've, you're full. Yep. All right. We're going to move on to our current manager's bracket. This is the update of the second round that our viewers and followers on the page have been voting on. Um, and I have the second round results here. So it was uh, Brandon Hyde against Ron Washington. And Brandon Hyde moves on from there. For sure. So, Brandon Hyde is a stud. Yep. And, and who knows what Ron Washington is going to get with the angels out there. Um, not Otani. Again, like we said, no, but when the dust settles, we'll see what the heck well, and, happens. And but. like we said last week, Ron Washington is such a great baseball guy. He deserves yeah. better. Mm-hmm. Agree. Uh, second AL matchup was Scott service of the Mariners against Kevin cash of the race. Uh, we had one solo vote for Kevin cash. And that was yours. Truly Harrison Smith. <laughs> Everybody else voted for Scott Service. Um, I think I'm just over Kevin Cash yeah. and the Tampa Bay Rays. I I think he. I don't know how to say this. 
he is a product of what the farm system develops mm-hmm. as much as he I don't really think he manages that team as much as the organization kind of manages most of it for him, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I think I think Kevin Cash gets kind of a bad rap, I think. I think that the Tampa Bay Rays are a player development machine. They just like stamp these guys out. They print them and they run them to the major leagues. I don't know how the hell they do it. They They've cracked the code that nobody else can. But at the same time, the Mariners are doing something similar with Scott Service. He's They're running young players to him all the time, too. The difference is, I feel like when you look at Kevin Cash, and and I, trust me, this was a hard one for me. I, I think Scott Service is a fantastic manager. You know, he might be a top five or six guy in baseball, but Kevin Cash is consistently given damn near a new roster every year. Like, there's those guys, it, there's not a lot of consistency there. It is constantly sure. turning over, constantly new players. Um, and he's, he's putting them in, making it work and winning. Now, is he given a boatload of young talent? Yes. But young talent, as we talked about all the time is a lot different than proven talent. You've got to get them to perform at that level consistently. And for whatever reason, I think Kevin Cash does an awesome job managing young players, managing that farm system as they come up through and turning what is a mix of talented young guys into a winner every single year. And I don't think he gets enough credit for what he does because he... You know, every every year it's like, oh, he's got McClanahan, he's got Glass now. Like he's he's given these studs, but yeah. at the same time, he's 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 working with new players every year, every freaking year. Yeah. It's new faces, and every I mean, freaking a, year they go win ninety five plus games. Yeah, it's a fair point. I mean, I I went with service because since he's been there, he's completely flipped totally. that Mariners culture, and they are a competing team, a winning team, and and they don't. They don't accept losing out there. Nope. And, and service has definitely flipped that on its head. And I'm glad for Mariners fans yep. that they got somebody um, settled in that seat that won't tolerate losing. So I yeah, love And that. don't get me wrong. Love Scott service against anybody else. I vote for him, but I, I do feel like yeah. Kevin cash just, I think we're all tired of seeing his name in the manager of the year voting every freaking year. <laughs> I think we're all tired of that stuff. Everybody remembers him taking Blake Snell out. Like he's, yep. you know, he kind of, I feel like he gets a bad rap, but he does an excellent job with a constantly revolving roster of young players. Yeah, that's a great point. All right. AL matchup number three, a good old rivalry, Alex Cora against Aaron Boone. Ugh. So, uh, yeah, didn't really want to vote for any of these, yeah. but Alex Cora wins in a landslide. Boone got two. Yeah, Boone got two votes. Cora got the other seventeen. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I got nothing to say on that one. Um, yeah, moving yeah. to the next, Whatever. moving to the next AL matchup: uh, AJ Hinch, the cheater, against Bruce uh, Bruce Bochy, the the current reigning World Series yeah, champion. No, contest no there. shot. Uh, Bruce Bochy wins that one. Did anybody vote right. for Hinch? Uh, yeah, one did. Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah. Who is it? We should just like throw them off of our page. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) But yeah, crazy. If it was you, we're Um, done. It it was not me, I I promise. So I I won't pick for any of those ex-Astros trash can beating people. So I'll set with that. Can bangers. Yeah, I'll set. All right. Uh, now over to the NL for matchup number one, Skip Schumacher against Bob Melvin. This was a little bit closer, but Schumacher takes it. So yeah. Schumacher over Bob Melvin. As he should. Um, Melvin Melvin had a rough year last year. And I think that's – we were expecting a lot more out of him yeah, going to after. San Diego with that roster. How, um, how do you not win with even, that team? How do you not win? Uh, there had to be uh, – We'll get into it. I I think it's Tatis. I think it's Tatis alone. And he brought so much distraction to that team mm. with the offseason crashing his dirt bike, breaking his wrist, trying to get back. Now it's PEDs. I, he set a bad taste in that clubhouse, and I think it just spiraled out of control, and Bob Melvin couldn't catch it. I I. I honestly, I think that was the sole reason 
they couldn't yeah. compete. When you know, like and all the infighting, the reports about Manny Machado being a poor leader, and I was just gonna bring so him much into stuff it. came out. As as much as a talented player, Manny Machado is could be top ten player in baseball. I've heard reports that he's just not the clubhouse guy you want. And there's again, there's no player least or there's no player less likable in baseball than Manny Machado. Yeah. Between the dirty slides and stepping on people's ankles at first base. And like, he is just a dirty, dirty ball player that unless he's on your team, you hate him. Yep. Absolutely. So, all right. Uh, matchup number two in the NL was Tori Lavello uh, against Davey Martinez. Um, and Lavello wins pretty handily there as well. As he should. Um, yep, he should. He had an incredible year with that Diamondbacks team that completely overachieved. I love Davey Martinez. No knock on Davey I think Martinez. He's, he's great. He is He is in the, the right spot right now with that Nationals team. Um, like I said last week, he goes to battle with them every single day. That's- they play hard for him. He's intense um, and he's wild. I, I love it. I love it. But I mean, Tori Lavella, what he did with that team this last year was just incredible. So oh, this um, is his, is then, this Lavello, this has Lavella won one manager of the year. Did he win one? Like in yes. when he first got to Arizona? Uh, I don't know. I'd have to check that. I'm not sure. Um, matchup number three was Brian Snicker against Derek Shelton of the pirates. Uh, Snicker wins unanimously. And then, we have a tiebreaker here that I am going to just uh, pull the trump card on. Um, this was our last matchup of round number two. Craig Council of the Cubs against David Bell of the Reds. Um, unless somebody wants to throw it in the chat right now, I'm going to make an executive decision. Um, so I'll give you about five seconds. Go ahead, throw it in the chat. Either David Bell or Craig Council. Um Listen, Craig Council on a new team with the Cubs. It will be interesting to see how he does. Um, but my executive decision here is David Bell moves on. Um, he's got a young team. He's got young pitching. Um, and Craig Council's in a new spot. So that's why I'm going to go with David yeah. Bell. Lavulo so. did win in 2017. Okay, so he did. So he's got two. Nice. All right, so we will move on to the semifinals next quarterfinals. We have four, two, no, semifinals. So we will post those throughout the week. Um, And again, I'll try to get that updated bracket. I'm still trying to, you know, me being computer illiterate, can't get it transferred from a PDF to Facebook. So that's just me being, you know, like I said. We'll work on it. Illiterate. So... Anyways, all right. We have not trivia tonight, Harrison. We have top five lists. These will be fun. Okay. These will be fun. I like this. So you got to give me the top five for each category that I'm going to give you. Oh, boy. Okay. So the first one, I'm going to give you a hint. They're all to do with this year, except for the very last one. Okay. Okay. So 2023. Give me the top five strikeout leaders. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, Kyle Schwarber. No, 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 pitching. Oh, pitching. Oh, sorry. <laughs> my mind was. My mind we'll was. Ask that again. Okay, sorry. We're good. We're gonna ask that again. Is it, so okay. across all of baseball. Across all of baseball, give me the 2023 pitching strikeout leaders. Uh, Garrett Cole. No. Blake Snell. No. Are you kidding me? Is this rigged? Or what are we doing here? No. Strikeout leaders. Come on, man. Um, I thought I had him too. I hear I was feeling so good about myself. Right. Um, uh, Zach Wheeler. No. Aaron Nola. No. Are you kidding me? Dead serious. Braves, number one. Come oh, on. Strider, duh. Yeah, Spencer Strider. How was Cole? Diamondbacks. How was Cole not in there? He, Gallon, Zach Gallon. Spencer Strider. Zach Gallon, 220. Spencer Strider, 281. 281's ridiculous, by the way. Yeah. Number three is a Ray. McClanahan? You might not get this one's a tough one. Zach Gallon, so 186. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, Blue Jays. Uh, Gosman. No. Another right-handed I... starter. Wasn't Alec Manoa. No, not him. <laughs> came, from, came from the Mets. Oh, um, uh, oh boy. Uh, you got it. Oh, I do. Uh, not uh, Bassett. Yes, Chris Bassett. One eighty-six. I'm like Chris. What's his last name? And then the guy that did not make the top one hundred of our our list for the Cubs. Oh, <laughs> Justin Steele. Justin Steele. <laughs> one seventy-six. Yep. So wait, hang on. 176. Mm-hmm. Like did I Blake Blake Snell at 234 Ks? I must have must I must have looked at a different list then. Yeah, so I don't know what list I was looking at then. So the sorry, sorry. Weird. So the top five that I had, which is why I jumped I jumped to these first two guys because they were the Cy Young guys. Blake Snell 234, Garrett Cole 222. They were four and five. What list was Pablo, I looking at then? Pablo Lopez was third at 234. Gosman at 237. And then Strider at 281. I must have been looking at a completely different list when I put them in. I, I was doing I was, it at work. I was like, how are Snell and Cole not on that list? Okay. We'll just scratch that right, one. We'll scratch that's that my one. bad. Right, moving on. Okay. I was like, that's why I just pulled it up. I'm like, there's no way. There's, Snell and Cole were like. I know. Hey, after you said it, I was like, wait. Well, whatever. I mean, my Lucas, bad. Lucas Giolito was 13th with 204 Ks. Okay, so right, yeah, something was way off there. Anyways, I could have been looking at like whip, like whip leaders, but then just oh. put down their strikeouts or something like that. Whatever. That's All right, good. moving on. Moving on. Your 2023 stolen base leaders. Oh, well, Acuna. <laughs> Acuna, 73, number one. Um, oh, the guy from the A's. Yep. Oh. oh, my God. What was his name? Um. Estuary Ruiz. He's Thank you. A, I, I keep wanting yeah. to call him Estuary, but yeah, that's what it looks like. Yeah, he had sixty-seven. Uh, yeah, Ruiz. Um, I know Corbin Carroll was up there. Corbin Carroll, number three, fifty-four. Uh, Bobby Witt was a thirty-thirty guy, or almost a thirty-thirty yes, guy, right? No, 40, thirty-thirty. He was thirty-thirty, almost a thirty-fifty at forty-nine. All right, and then fifth. Hmm. Julio? No, this guy's on the Nationals. Oh, the shortstop. Um, uh, Abrams. Yes, yeah, CJ yeah, yeah. Abrams. He was fun to watch live. That dude is talented. Yeah, absolutely crazy. All right. Now I'm just not confident with these other lists. Now. <laughs> well, you were good on that one. <laughs> yeah. All right. 2023 hit leaders. Hits. Okay. Well, I mean, Cunha's got to be up there. Yeah, 217. Uh Freddie Freeman. Yep, 211. Uh Luis Arise, who hit 350 something. Yeah, he had 203. Um Semyon was up there, right? We talked about that. Yeah, 185 hits. Mookie? No, not Mookie. Uh Bobby Witt? Nope. Seattle. Oh, Julio. Yeah, and he had 180 all in that one-week span. I was going to say he did them all in like two weeks. It was ridiculous. All right. Give me the the top five 2023 saves leaders. Well, that's going to be a tough one. Um, Well, Class A was up there, but he also blew a bunch. Yep, 44 saves for Class A. Um. Uh, Devin Williams. Yep. Number five with 36. Oh, wow. Was a uh, seawall didn't make the top five. Did he? Nope. And Bautista didn't either. Cause he was hurt. Yep. Not him. Um, uh, Bednar. Yes. Number three with 39. It's a lot of saves. He's actually tied with the second place guy with 39. Too. Gotcha. Uh, uh, San Fran, uh, Duvall. Yes, thirty nine for yeah, him. He is a he's a monster. Yeah, that sidearm three quarters oh slot at a hundred and two. The first time I saw him, I went, "Oh my goodness!" Yeah, you can't touch that. And uh, you're missing H- one more. Yeah, Hater wasn't up there. No. Nope. Uh, what team? Reds. Oh, Reds. Oh, what is his name? He's a brother. 
Oh, yeah. Um, Diaz. Yes, Alexis Diaz, 37. Yeah, okay. It's like, oh boy, so who? So it was Class A. Class A with 44. Duval yep. and Bednar both 39. Alexis Diaz with 37 and Devin Williams with 36. Wow. Yeah. I bet right. Williams, Williams probably had the best ERA of that group. Probably. That dude That's- is unhittable. That changeup he has, oh. it's got to be the best in the game right now. Unreal. It it's reminds crazy. me of like Johan Santana's back in the day where it just like, it like comes to a stop, like in the cartoons. Yeah. And Keith like he just Folks. doesn't make it. Yeah. yeah. Keith, Keith's folks changeup was yeah. like that too. Oh. Crazy. All right. Give me the top five 2023 batting average leaders. Batting average. All right. Well, Freeman's definitely up there. Yes. Number three with 331. Arise is obviously up there. He won the batting title. Number one, 354. Um, Acuna. Acuna, 337. He's number two. Did Mookie make it? Nope. I didn't think so. He was like, he was just over 300, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Seeger? Yeah, Seeger, 327. He's number five. Bo Bichette was way up there for a while, but I think he faded. Yep. And number four might be a sleeper. For the Rays. It wasn't Bellinger. He faded. It's for the Rays. The Rays. Oh, it's got to be. Um, well, certainly doesn't Wander Franco. No. Um, uh, Diaz. Yes, Yandy Diaz, 330. He, I mean, he like came out of nowhere this year. Yeah. Talk about, dude, like he's got thighs on his arms. Dude. Oh, my goodness. Those he is. Thighs ups are massive. He's ripped. The it's guy crazy. Is built. And I, you'd think a guy that yeah. big would hit more home runs, but. No, it's crazy. Okay. Here is our last top five list, and this is a career top five. Oh, boy. Okay. okay. Most career gold gloves. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, Robinson. Brooks Robinson, number yep. three, was 16. Three? I thought he was all time. Damn. <laughs> okay. Uh, is Arenado in there? No. Boy, Brooks, I always thought was the gold standard. Roland wouldn't be in there. Uh, Andrew Jones wouldn't be in there. No. The top two are pitchers. The number two you might oh, not get. I, the pitcher one drives me crazy. Is it Maddox? Maddox is number one with 18. Yeah. He won every freaking year. Yeah. Um, I'm forget about the pitchers. I just don't think a pitcher's for gold gloves. I... Yeah, it's crazy. All right, so Maddox is number one with 18. You said number two is a pitcher also? Yeah, but I don't think you'll get him. I never heard of this guy before. He pitched from 1959 to 1983 um, with Minnesota, Washington, Chicago White Sox, Philly, and St. Louis. His name was Jim Cat, and he had 16. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've heard the name, but I never would have guessed it. No, I wouldn't have either. Okay. So you need four and five. Four and five. Position players, are we we done with pitchers? Position players, both with 13. Uh, Willie Mays? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. One of these guys is in the Hall of Fame because of his defense, other than Brooks Robinson. Oh, uh, Ozzy. Ozzy Smith's yep. number, yep, that number makes four sense. slash five. Pudge, and the, and then Pudge Rodriguez, yep. thirteen. So yeah, as well, as I'm thinking, I'm like, oh yeah, it's got to be Pudge. Yeah, yeah. Man, that guy was so good behind the plate in his day. Yeah, Greg Maddox is eighteen. Jim Cat was sixteen. Brooks Robinson was sixteen. Avon Rodriguez, 13. Ozzie Smith, 13. That's Most career goal goals. Pretty impressive. I always thought, see, so for me, Brooks Robinson's always been the gold standard because I don't, I just don't count pitchers. <laughs> right. I, really I don't. mean, 16 uh, gold gloves as a position player. Is that's bananas. Silly. Absolutely crazy. Arenado's what, 10? He's up there. He's got to be. It's got to be about 10. But because, yeah, this was the first year he hadn't been on. He wasn't even a finalist, or he didn't even win it. So yeah, he's yeah, got ten. He's got ten. My God, crazy. So he'll be up there, but yeah. Well, assuming he doesn't get snubbed again. But All right, Steen is crazy. Yeah. So we might have to do other top five lists, and hopefully, I actually that's fun. I like those. Yeah, actually, uh, you know, get the list right next time. So. <laughs> It's My bad on the pitching strikeout leaders. I must have been looking at a different pitching category. Yeah, because when you uh, said 176, I'm like, there's no way, because I know that Blake's yeah. held 230-something. Yeah, so my bad on that one, you know? 
two hands good. when I'm two hands when I'm learning. All right. People love it when we screw up the question, so we'll roll with it. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> or I just throw the question out and just don't post our answers. Those that's uh, even better. Yeah, love so, those. <laughs> all right, all right. We I didn't put out a rounding third question because of the managers bracket and all the free agent stuff trying to keep uh, tabs on. So um, we'll get back to that at some point when it maybe cools down a little bit. But a uh, couple things to uh, wrap up here. Um, it was released today that Jim Leland is headed to Cooperstown. As he should be. Yep. So he was on that, um, what is it, contemporary ballot or whatever yeah. that they released like last month. Um, so so Jim Leland is headed to Cooperstown. Yeah. And I think rightfully so. World Series winner? Uh, no. Maybe. I think it was. I think it was there three times. I think he won three times. He won with the Marlins. He won with. He took the Tigers there twice. He took the Tigers twice. Yeah. Yeah. One time he was he was there three times. He won it once. Okay. Well, either way, like his career win totals, like way up there, though. I think. But yes. Yeah. He yeah. he. Uh, and he. I mean, he he coached so many places. He's got. You know, he's got 1,769 career wins. He's like in the top five or something like that, or top 10. Yeah. Um, managed managed 3,499 games. And nobody could, nobody, nobody got into a, into a better argument with an umpire or ripped a cigarette more convincingly than Jim Leland. Nope. Couldn't do it if I tried. So, all right. Um, other news Jung Ho Lee from the Korean, from the KBO. Was officially posted today. He's got a 30-day window, so he doesn't have the 45 yeah, that that Jap- uh, the Japanese players do. Um, hmm. They have a 30-day window, um, so it will be interesting to see where he goes. I have not heard anything on interest from any team, um, but the numbers he put up are silly over there in the KBO. Yeah, and I feel um, like the, I feel like the KBO doesn't get as much respect as Japan because it's considered a lesser league and. And he his name was never even mentioned as somebody they thought would be posted. So I don't I'm not sure if that was a surprise, yeah, or if it was just it just didn't hit the radar because it wasn't as headline worthy. But I don't I've never heard his name before. Yeah. So seven seasons in the KBO. He's a five time Gold Glove Award winner. He was the 2017 Rookie of the Year, uh, 2022 MVP. He hit 340, 898 OPS with 515 RBIs. In seven years. Wow. So I would say that's pretty decent um, and will be a nice piece for some team when he gets over here. Jeez. Yeah, that's um pretty good. Yeah. Um, the Philadelphia Phillies extended Rob Thompson through the 2025 season. So they give him a two-year extension. Um, yeah. So, and like I said, I don't think the Phillies are going anywhere. Um, talent wise, they're going to be there to compete. They might as well just keep everything stable and in place until some of those contracts start running out. Um, so yeah, I mean, kind of a no brainer there in Philly, but yeah, yeah. agreed. Um, and then the last thing that I have is news came out today that the Dodgers have named Mookie Betts their starting second baseman. So we will see. Their plan is the Gavin Lux is going to come back and play shortstop for them. Um, I always forget about that in spring training him tearing his yeah. ACL. They were so excited to have him for the season. And he gets hurt like right out of the yeah. gate because Miguel Rojas is moving on, right? Uh, yeah, or just going to be platoon or something because um, Gavin Lux is a left-handed batter, so it wouldn't surprise me if they just end up platooning somehow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah so – Came out and Mookie's going to be their full time second baseman. Also, possibly just making room for, you know, another outfielder. So it gives them a lot more flexibility in the free agent market, having Mookie be able to play the outfield and the infield. So, yeah. And you, you, you put Mookie at second base. You know, there's a belief that it might prolong his career a little bit by getting him out of the outfield and letting him play second base, but he was really good there. Yeah. And imagine having that kind of bat at second base. Yeah. I mean, holy cow. He like immediately so, becomes the best second baseman in baseball. So people forget and they forget all the time. They're like, oh my God, 
Mookie's such a great second baseman. Uh, newsflash, he got drafted as an infielder. He right. played second base in the Red Sox organization, yeah. and he wasn't going to get called up to the majors because Dustin Pedroia was there. So he had to learn how to play the outfield. It just happened to be gold glove caliber outfield. Yeah, he's just that but, talented. Right. But people forget how many hours he trained in the infield. Yeah. Like, of course he's going to be good. He's a freak athlete, but that's where his first position was, was second base. So people are just, no, they're so shocked that he's going to be in the infield. Like, I'm not. He's been there before at well, this and, level. And he was always an emergency utility guy if they needed them. The Red Sox could have always pulled him back into the infield if they needed them. And I think I think there were a couple situations where in games he did get pulled into the infield for like an inning late in a game when they had to make some changes. But yeah, he was that's the thing most people forget is that to your point, he was an infielder. Yeah. He was always an infielder and he only moved because Pedroia was blocking his path to the majors. Right. So, yeah. So really I mean, it's Dustin Pedroia's fault that Mookie ever, ever even played the outfield. Right. Way to go, Dustin. Yeah. Nice job, Dustin. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, do, it doesn't shock me. Like I said, the guy's a freak athlete. He's going to play there. He's going to play gold glove caliber second base. Like it's, it's no brainer, really. He's, and he, he was so good in the infield. He played what seven, sixty or seventy games at second this year. He was really good. He started at short a couple of times. He did. He played like thirteen games at short. Yeah, crazy. So yeah. All right. Anything else from you? I got a few things real quick. So all right, let's go. There were some rumors circul- circulating that the Astros may consider moving Alex Bregman. Uh, that's not going to happen. The the Astros, as of an hour ago, are working on an extension with Bregman to keep him around. Um, so Bregman will not be on the move. The Astros are going to lock him down. Um, he's he's one of those guys that would look weird in another uniform. It really as would. Much, as, as much as I hate the Astros, he would look really weird in a different uniform. I feel, yeah, I feel like if you saw Bregman or Altuve or Jordan Alvarez anywhere else, you'd be like, this doesn't seem right. I'm still that way with George Springer. Yeah, it is weird to see him. In yeah. Toronto. Yeah. It's strange for sure. And then like Justin Verlander with the Mets last year was weird. Yeah. Um, but either way. So Bregman's going to stick around. Um, there was rumors that Major League Baseball was going to pass some new rules to change the salary dumping that the Angels did last year when they just like randomly waived all those guys in September to mm-hmm. save a bunch of money. Uh, Major League Baseball is not going to change the rules. If teams want to do that, it's their prerogative to dump salary in September. Um, they don't like it. They don't want to see teams make that a habit. The Players Association hates it. Um, but MLB is not going to change the rules on being able to waive players in September. I mean, that is that is kind of shitty to, you know what I mean? As, even as a player, right? Like, yeah. You're expected to finish off the season. And then with like three weeks to go, they're just like, thanks. Like, you can go home early. Yeah. You dump three players to save a few bucks. And it just. You know, the Players Association hates it. MLB doesn't like it. They're not going to change the rules because they don't feel like this is a problem yet unless they see it become a problem. Yeah. Um, so as of as of today, they're they're not going to address the issue, um, but they're hoping it doesn't become the norm. And then lastly, uh, Billy Bean, you know, famous for Moneyball, um, who's now working in the MLB front office, was diagnosed with leukemia. Oh, damn. So. Yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah, that, that just sucks. came out today shitty and sadly one more thing to sneak in real quick the reds apparently are no longer trying to trade jonathan india dang it according to the reports out of the winter meetings as of 45 minutes ago the reds are not in the market to trade jonathan india now we're gonna have to settle for tim anderson what the hell yeah goodness gracious yeah and the red Sox are apparently linked to blake snell but i don't believe it i would love that i would be shocked if they if he came to boston i would be shocked too but i would love that signing mm-hmm. out of anybody else that's out there right now he's has experience in the al east not that it matters that much anymore with this balanced schedule i mean right. it still does don't get me wrong but um man and, and the red Sox need help the red Sox need a ton of help on the map. yeah so the the winter meetings are underway they started today and apparently there's already a ton of news coming out of there with trade rumors, free agent rumors, you name it. So it, it hopefully this week will be a good week for news. Yep. So we will keep our, our ears open, our eyes peeled. We will be releasing information as it comes out. 
Um, so keep your eye on the page. Um, we'll throw some videos and stuff out there as well. So just interact when you can. Um, but yeah, um, we will see y'all next Monday at 8 p.m. Um, hopefully with some Otani news. Yeah, let's hope for a big news week. Yeah, absolutely. So before you go, just make sure you please like, um, follow us on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. Um, you can also uh, listen on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, you can also follow us through our reels, like our reels, comment on our reels. We love the interaction, so keep it up. And we will see all of you guys next Monday at 8 p.m. And if you know a baseball fan, don't be afraid to share the podcast with them. They're That's dying right. for baseball news just like we are. Yep. <laughs> see ya. Thanks. See ya.